This is the 615 Podcast with your host, veteran realtor and entrepreneur, Nick Woodard. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 615 Podcast. Uh, on this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to change it up. Um, I was actually offered to be a guest on my good friend's podcast. Um, his name is John Giffen. He was my principal broker at Benchmark Realty here in Nashville. Uh, he has a podcast called the Broker Insights Podcast, where they talk about basically all things uh, real estate related. So, you know, things he's experienced, things he sees, market trends. Um, and his his podcast isn't just about real estate. You know, it can apply to, you know, many other businesses or running a business and, and being an entrepreneur. So, um, he's just full of information. He's actually the author of a book he wrote called Got a Minute, um, which comes from people basically coming into his office and going, hey, John, you got a minute? Um, got questions for you. So um, I like to say he's kind of my, um, he's kind of been a shrink over, <laughs> over my real estate career. Someone that uh, when I need some advice, I slip into his office and and ask him um, for his take on it. So I um, appreciate you guys being here. If you'll listen in as John and I talk about ways to grow your business, um, get yourself out of the rut, some creative ways to serve your clients. Um, so this this is a fun one. So as always, I'm extremely grateful for your time and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Be blessed. Welcome in everyone. Um, we have a treat for you today and um, I say that on every podcast that I do interviews, but uh, I'm really excited uh, today. I have Nick Woodard, who uh, I used to be his principal broker. You were. I, I Absolutely, know. my yeah, friend. Yeah, and, uh, um, and... To me, he, you still are, though. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. I, At I, least I go to you for all my issues. Right. I still have a two-by-four in my <laughs> office, and I'll take you in the back parking lot to straighten you out. So, uh, but what? You have issues? You, you yeah. know, I know. Yeah. But anyway, um, I asked Nick to join me uh, because he uh, actually is a fellow podcaster. Uh, he is a realtor. He's an entrepreneur. You have a uh, window cleaning business. I do. And uh, it's Mosley. Is it Mosley? Mosley Window Cleaning. Yep. Yeah. Named after my English bulldog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and dog probably doesn't give you any respect. So, no, no. Uh, But anyway, but he is also host of the um, 615 podcast, which is an awesome podcast. So you. you really need to check it out. He's on all the platforms, uh, just like me. And uh, he's got some great interviews with folks. And also he talks about real estate. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I was excited to get him on uh, on today. But, um, well, Nick, when, let's, you know, I, I talked to him briefly before the podcast about, um, you know, just some intro stuff and, and about him. Uh, I do know that uh, you are a horrible University of Alabama fan. And for this Tennessee fan, uh, yep, yep. I'm still having you on the podcast. But Yep. I'm sorry, buddy. We can't yeah, all be winners. I know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. This year we may not have any winners. So uh, if but, we just play yeah, for winners exactly, this year. Exactly. But I am a big Nick Saban fan. So, okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. He is, he's a great guy. But anyway, but let's talk a little bit about uh, real estate. When did you get in the business? When I got in the business going on 16 years ago, oh my um, straight yeah. out of college. Yeah. Um, I grew up here in Brentwood yeah. and went to Middle Tennessee State. After I graduated, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll try this real estate thing until I figure out what, 
what I want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. And that was 16 years ago. So you went and got your license. Went and got my license. Um, my sister was in real estate for a long time. Yeah. And that's kind of how, you know, she kind of pulled me onto her team and kind of taught me the reins. Yeah. And um, it just kind of, it, it became, I don't want to say easy. Nothing's easy. But I think, you know, when, when you're running a, an entrepreneurship business like that yeah doing it in a place where you grew up and you have contacts and and you know people is is obviously a good start did you see it as a business though at first no yeah at first i you know i think it it took a while to kind of learn to run it like a business right and not just you know go after every deal and think of it transactionally yeah I think that's one of the, the biggest problems that agents have is they get into this business thinking it's a job, right? And right. that they don't realize you're really operating a small business. And I've talked about this a lot. And in my book, that was sort of the underlying fabric of the book based, you know, what we do is based on running a small business. And so, and you know, 16 years, it's a long time. Um, there's a statistic out there that 80% of those who get licensed are out of the business after the second year of licensure. The second, the wow. second year. So that's an wow. NAR statistic. And the average wow. income of a realtor today is only, it's right at $50,000. Yeah. And so, yeah. So those of us who have survived but also persevered uh, are the ones who are, um, you know, making a living at this and and growing their business. Um, So when you got your license um, and sort of hit the ground running, what were some of your expectations? I mean, did you set any expectations for yourself or what? Yeah, um, I'm a huge, you know, planner soaking up knowledge. Um, So anywhere, anything I could read. Yeah. um, And I would take bits and pieces from it. But hey, I got to admit, like, I, I didn't have a structured way of going about doing it. Mm-hmm. It was just go out and talk to people. Right. And, you know, ask for their business. And over the years, I kind of found little niches that worked for me that, you know, there's a mil- million ways to, to generate business. Yeah. I think you have to find what you're naturally good at. Yeah. And, and kind of hone those skills to, to you know, Again, I, there's a thousand different things you can yeah. do, but you, you have to find what works for you and stay consistent at it. You yeah. can't just, oh, I'm going to do this for a minute, and if this doesn't work right. after six months, let's go do something let's else. Let's move on to something else. Right. Well, hey there. I'm Gabriel Sedlak. My wife and I, Holly, um, had the great pleasure of working with Nick and buying a home. I, I was a little bit surprised how I was already kind of preconditioned to what I thought the experience was going to be like. Honestly, Nick made it so effortless that it was literally like I wasn't even buying a house. It was just a normal transaction of life. So I love that he took the pain away and just made it effortless. And I I cannot uh, tell you how valuable that is. What sort of bubbled up at the top after you got your feet away? Right. Um, In all reality, it just comes down to to being out there. Yeah. Just, you know, don't be annoying about letting people know what you do, but they have to know what you do. Right. And provide value. Yeah. You know, don't go over there and and just ask people for their business. You have to provide value for them 
so they think of you when they think of real estate. Yeah, I think that's I think that's critical because I've always said that real estate is a lifestyle. Uh-huh. You know, in terms of what we do, being in this business, it's not just a nine to five; it's a lifestyle. And so when you're out and about, when people see you, um, they they see you as uh, uh, as a realtor. So. Um, so when you got up and going, um, how did you build your database? I mean, what were some of the things, I mean, who were you calling on that? Well, funny thing is, you know, 16 years in this, I still, that a database is everything. If yeah. you're, if you're not keeping a accurate up to date database, right. you're doing it wrong Yeah, because without that there, there's no, there's no organization of thought. There's no, you know, putting lists together of things that you want to accomplish, you have to know, you know, when's the last time you talked to somebody, how did you reach out to that person? Um, To this day, 16 years into it, I still have an Excel spreadsheet of my database printed out in my office. (laughs) But you know, remember what I told you, as long as you have a system, Uh I don't care if you put it on recipe cards, you know, or or in an index card to put in a recipe box. If it works, don't change it, right. you know. And so. Well, it started with, like, everybody, A, everybody I know, everybody I meet, I put in that database, I collect their email address. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, that that compounds. You right. know, when you first get into it, it may not be a big database, but here you are 16 years later, you've put in a couple here, a couple here, yeah. a couple here, and it just builds and builds and builds. Yeah. Have you been able to classify your database in terms of those who probably are, you know, more than likely sure. to refer business to sure. you? And, and Yeah, and, and I do different things for different people. Yeah. Um, you know, I do mail-outs, um, paper mail-outs to most all of right. them, and then I do a couple special things for – some of those people that I know yeah. have been good at remembering me and referring me and, you know, people that I have more of a relationship with. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I've, I've talked to a lot of agents over the years, um, we have so much chatter out there. And what I mean by chatter in terms of people trying to sell us something, mm-hmm. a system, a product, a, um, you know, a new CRM or things like that. Um, I mean, did you find yourself doing a lot of that early on? I, I, I didn't. And that's good. I've ran my entire business on relationships. Yeah. And, you know, I have a really nice website yeah. um, that that had a company designed for me. Mm-hmm. But in all the years I've done this, I've literally sold one house from a random person contacting me. Right. It right. was not a referral, didn't know anything about me, right. just found me on the web. Now, there's a lot of people that are really successful at that, but that's, yeah. that's not my niche. Well, and I think that's uh, what I have found, uh, because your way of selling is my way of selling, Where, uh, and I call it belly-to-belly mm-hmm. selling, is that you're out in front of people, um, you're following up, you're communicating. Uh, I think a lot of agents who get into this business think that, okay, I'll spend $5,000 a month right, for online right. leads. I'll spend, uh, you know, I'll build this incredible website. I'll go to Zillow, become a premier agent. And all of a sudden, they've capped out their credit card limit. Right. And, right. and they don't have any business. And no need for that. I mean, I, some of the, the best returns I've ever had on just their, their small, thoughtful ideas. Yeah. Like I had this thing I was doing. Um, every Wednesday, I called it wind down Wednesday Yeah, and I would go pick two or three of my past clients, write them a handwritten note, just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, once you know that, you know, I appreciate you bottle of wine in a bag, put it on their front door. Yeah. 
and I did that for years. Yeah. And and that's I probably got more business from that. Just a hey, thinking about you, remember me. And, and it's not intrusive. It's not. It's not. You know, Bar- Brian Buffini, who I. Uh, really used as sort of a, the model for my referral business. Um, and I'm not plugging Brian Buffini, but his system's very simple if you use it. But he called them pop buys. Mm-hmm. He calls them pop yeah. buys where you, you know, just pop in and you don't even have to, even if they're, and I think what you're doing is great because I used to do that with, I used to get the small poinsettias at Christmas, yeah. you know, the little yeah. ones. And we would go to all the people in my sphere who I knew and, and were on my, in my database and drop one of those off and have a card and just Merry Christmas. And I would get phone calls, sure, you know, and, well, cause it's being thoughtful. Yeah. It's not, Oh, here comes John again. Yeah. Like, asking for business and blah, blah, blah. It's just. Hey, he remembered me, and that's yeah. all you want them to do is just remember you. That, and that makes me think of something. Um, how do you think um, consumers view us as an industry? I mean, you know, and I mean, I have answers to that sure. in different ways. Sure. But from your perspective, um, one thing I've learned is people now, especially today, do not want to be sold. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, they they are a lot more educated now than they were, you know, when I first started because they have pretty much the same data we do. Yeah. So they can get access to, to data, um, value. You have to provide value if you want to be considered relevant right now. Yeah. So providing value being, uh, responsive and, and just over serving them. That's what makes you stand out amongst everything else. I think one of the neat things about Nick's uh, unique value proposition, it's on his podcast. He does this commercial where if you need a painter, if you need a, uh, (laughs) my got a guy, you know, yeah, you need, if you need a uh, structural guy, you know, if you need a roofer, um, you have, but that's providing value because giving an opportunity for you to touch that client again. Right. You know, if they close their house two years ago, yeah, and they're repainting a room, they think, "Ah, right, let me call Nick. I bet he knows somebody." Yeah, so that's staying valuable, staying relevant right. in their minds. And you've got a re- you're a resource for those folks, exactly, which I, I think is good. Did you see over the years, um, especially going that the way you sold did change? I mean, as as you got more experience and got, because uh, I think a lot of people. Um, well, let me back up. I think one of the problems that people have in this business is they do not understand um, basically how to build rapport with a prospect to convert them to a client, you know, to really, right. I right. don't want to use the word sell them, but to um, develop that relationship. And uh, that's the biggest thing as a principal broker when people will come into my office, they still come into my office um, and they say, I just don't mean business. Right. And I tell them, well, are you working your sphere? Are you, are you, um, but did that take time for you to really learn how to? Sure. Absolutely. To build, uh, and, and some things work better than others. Yeah. Um, and by no means am, am I, you know, slam busy all the time yeah. just because I've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah. You know, there are lulls, which I'm sure you're going to bring up. Yes. You know, I had a lull, I guess, two <laughs> years ago. And I came into your office and was just like, ah, I, you know, got any ideas? What can I do? Yeah. I said, you're bothering me. Get and, out. And you know? <laughs> <laughs> what did you make me do? Well, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it, poor pitiful Nick, you know, this very successful uh, realtor, <laughs> entrepreneur, uh, 
pre-podcaster time, uh, he said, "Man, my business is just down." Now, of course, it was off season. I mean, as we, it was, sure, I think it was sure. like in October, November. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Man, just nothing's happening." And I said, uh, "Well, what are you doing with your sphere? I mean, uh, are you sending handwritten notes?" And uh, he said, "No." I said, "Well, you need to get your database out." And you need to start at the top and write some handwritten notes. And they don't have to be Declaration Mm -hmm. of Independence uh, text. Couple of lines. You know, man, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? You know, um, wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas or something like that. Very simple. And so what did you do? Tell our audience what you did. I literally spent, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks writing a handwritten note to every single one of my contacts in my database, well over 200 of them. Yeah, and he came into the office. Two, over 200. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, he was complaining that he was having, having hand cramps. <laughs> and I said, you know, buck up. Get over well, this. And what's instant. more importantly, though, is that, yes, that, that did generate more business. But I haven't stopped doing that. Right. That's just one more thing that I now habit. add to, yeah, to, to my... Okay, my quiver. Yeah. Of. Uh, well, that's a very yeah, your, your big quiver, word. A quiver big of word. arrows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of, of marketing arrows, but th- again, that's personal touch. Yeah. And that's something I think that I I was lacking. Yeah. You know, you'll send people. You know, here's the latest sales in your neighborhood, and you know, here's what the data says, and here's what the percentages say. People right. look at it and like, okay, great. Yeah. You know, I can look that up. Yeah. But when you actually reach out to them with something caring, something thoughtful. Yeah. That creates more of a bond than just sending them yeah. data. You and I talked after you did that and uh that those notes actually generate business for you, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. Several millions Without of dollars. Doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And um and allowed him to be the podcast uh pioneer that he is now. Oh yeah. So, I mean uh, I've got well over a dozen listeners. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, you know, and if you stick to it to it, you may get to fifteen. So uh and see how the rest of this podcast goes. Uh-huh. You know, I may stay in there with you. So, uh, well, hey, when we come back, there's a couple other things I want to talk to him about. I want to talk about some of his tools that he uses. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the impact that COVID 19s had and uh, and just your take on the industry. So, uh, hang in there, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, what's up? It's Jana Kramer and Michael Cawson. All right, so let's talk about Nick. He's the best. He sold a bunch of houses for us. That's why we're his favorite. But what you know, with as often as we've moved and, and bought and sold houses, he's always made it seamless. He has for sure. Great. He's gotten us the best deal. He's been aggressive, and he also, while we were in LA, he was here every step of the way in Nashville. Well, you know, because we trusted him, and he was there making sure the house of our dreams was being built um, the right way. He's not only a friend and a family member, but he's um, he's an amazing realtor. For sure. And the one thing that stands out to me anytime I talk to people in that professional realm, whether it's our builder, other realtors, lenders, or whatever, they always go out of their way to make comments about Nick. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like we really like Nick. Like, Nick is great. And how often do you hear that from the people that you deal with in these, in these situations? that go out of their way to comment on what a great person the realtor is. Because usually that's not the case. No, not at all. So at the end of the day, vote Nick. 
We are talking to Nick Woodard, um, who is a 16-year experienced realtor. He's also an incredible window washer. And uh, actually, I need my car windows done. Can you go and get those done before you leave today? Uh, and he's also... Uh, Turn this off. I don't want your listeners no, to hear I'm what sorry. I say to you. I am sorry that, uh, trust me, uh, that can be used against you in, 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 a, in a court of podcasts. So, uh, but he's also host of the 615 podcast, which is a, is a really cool podcast. But I did want to talk to you a little bit about um, um, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a weird year. And for those of you who are listening in 2025 and during the year 2020, <laughs> of course, by the, if you know, we make it, if that we far. make it that far, you know, <laughs> by then we'll be at COVID 30. Yep. So, uh, but, um, in 2020, we are experiencing this horrible thing called the COVID-19 coronavirus. And, um, things were plugging along, man, December, January, February, and then COVID hit. Um, yep. I mean, it, it sort of caught us uh, all off guard. I mean, how did it impact you, your family, your business, and all that? You know, weirdly enough, business hasn't changed that much. It's just different. Yeah. Um, the home life is where things are different. Right. And, you know, working from home more, my wife working from home. We have three young kids. Yeah. Um, 11, 8, and 4. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're busy, and, you know, now we're doing this schooling from home thing, and... Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's schooling it's, of the week. We don't oh. know what's going to happen. Um, you know what? Uh, you know, are they going to do it virtually? Or are they going to go, they go back class? this week? And it's yeah, like, thank you, Lord. I know, <laughs> I know. There was a funny picture I saw right after uh, we started doing virtual schooling, and um, uh, <laughs> a mom was sitting at a dining room table with a laptop open, and the caption says, "We did homeschooling. They did awesome." It took two days. They've graduated, and the kids are duct tape on the carpet and and not and duct tape on their mouth. And uh, she said she could get some work done. But it there's, was, a, it, there's yeah. one that was like, um, "God, our teacher's been drinking all day." And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like mom's trying her best. Yes, like, <laughs> I know, I know. But anyway, it has impacted uh, the whole world. And uh, but let me say this: that we got through May. And this summer has been mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yep. Um, and Again, I, it's, it's good. It's just different. It is. It um, is. One thing I have noticed, and thank you know, thank goodness rates have stayed low right. because I think that's kind of been the lifeblood of all this. Yeah. Um, of course, you have sellers that are a little bit unsure, you know, having strangers in their home yeah. and that type of thing. And let's, you know add another little present on top of this is an election year. Yeah. So no matter what side you're on, right. there's always uncertainty in yeah. an election year, yeah. especially, you know, month, two months, three months before. So people kind of go, you know what, I'm going to kind of sit still and, you know, see yeah. kind of what happens. So now I think you have a lot of buyers out there wanting to take advantage of these rates. Right. And there's not enough homes. Yeah. To Inventory is extremely low. Um, so, you're having to be very creative on, you know, getting your client the best shot at these properties. I think it's working smarter than harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And, um, and I think you're right. Uh, we're recording this podcast in late August of 2020, and we are in an election year. And, and I think the next two months are going to be telling for the economy, especially as we move forward. Um, but in, uh, we service the greater Nashville market. Um, uh, Nick, 
and I are, are affiliated with Benchmark Realty, which is based in Franklin, Tennessee, but we have seven offices in the Nashville market. And we have been struggling for the last several years on low, low inventory. And uh, part of that for us has been land acquisition for developers. It has been very challenging for them right. to find land to put houses on. If they find land, then we've got houses right up against each other because they're trying to optimize sure. um, the well, More people are coming here than are leaving here. They are. I mean, and, that's- and I think more so now, This, I mean, that, that was, that's been happening for the last five years. But this year, we're starting to get inquiries from people from New York, mm-hmm. California. I mean, they're tired of all the mess that's going on up Literally in Literally right now, I am currently working, currently working with three separate couples moving here from L.A., that's amazing. And last year, I see I had two or three closed deals from yeah. people from LA. Yeah, that is more than the fourteen years before that combined. And they're just tired of it. You know, they're just tired yeah. of uh, of what's happening. And um, and uh, but they also get here. And now some of them, a, a lot of California buyers have cash in hand because they're selling their three bedroom, two like, and a half bathroom. This for what? Yes, and they you know, they're they're coming here with about nine hundred thousand dollars worth of equity, if not more, and saying. Oh, well, I thought I'd have to find a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath ranch. And uh, no, they're able to buy in Brentwood and and some of our other more affluent areas. So, property tax difference has been one thing that my clients are like, this is completely different. Right. And Tennessee has no income tax, Mm -hmm. too, which uh, they really like. And uh, I don't know. I was in Alaska three weeks ago visiting my uh, daughter and son-in-law, and I was checking out real estate up there. Everything's expensive up there except real estate. Because there's not very many people there. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, it's uh, now some of the suburbs of Anchorage, which are sort of like Brentwood and Franklin, the more affluent areas um, of Anchorage have some really nice homes. But where my kids are, which is down on the Kenai Peninsula in a resort area, well, it's not, it's a, a cruise ship uh, dock um, or uh, tourist uh, city of about 2,500. Um, you can pick up a house easily for like 150. $175,000 and have wow. plenty of space. Yeah. It's like when I, when we moved here in 87. Yeah. When I was like six years old. Yeah. yeah I know. I got a house for 150000 Exactly. And, you, and your folks probably said, I cannot believe we got to uh-huh. spend that much money uh-huh. on that. Now, in Alaska, though, you only get three hours of sunlight in the winter and you get, you know, 21 hours or 23 uh, hours, whatever it is, in the summer. And, uh, and it's just a long way from anywhere. But it's, uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I wanted to ask you, um, for those who are listening, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast are uh, just starting in the business, or they've been in the business for a while, what are some of the tools that you've found that help support what you're doing? What are some things that you would recommend sure. some agents uh, um, consider? One thing is, find advice anywhere you can. Like, yeah. I don't, being in real estate, we drive around everywhere. Right. I don't listen to music. I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, of Hopefully course, I listen to the Broker Insights podcast. Insights podcast. Yeah, it's good. Um, a couple other ones, um, ideas for real estate is mm-hmm. uh, from um, girl down in Florida, Heather Colby. Yeah, yeah. She does a great job. Um, and the one that has meant more to me, believe it or not, it's called The Real Estate Marketing Dude yes, by Mike Cuevas. Yeah. And um, his is, when I started listening to his, it really just changed how I go about doing things. Yeah. So where I started branding myself. So when right. I realized brand is extremely important. Yeah. Um just me personally, 
I wear jeans, boots, and a ball cap yeah. everywhere I go. Yeah. And I would find myself, you know, when I'm meeting new clients, you put the suit on. Yeah. And then the next time I meet with them, it's jeans, boots. I don't think I would recognize <laughs> exactly. you in a suit, you know? <laughs> so I came up with, you know what? Be who you are. Yeah. Brand who you are. Yeah. And you've done a good job of that. I mean, I appreciate uh, it. I mean, um, he, uh, uh, some of the pictures that uh, he has uh, taken, uh, had taken, uh, professional pictures, uh, really are, um, that's your branding. You mm-hmm. know, your cowboy boots or, uh, or your boots and Boots and, and jeans. my 615 black hat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and and I think that's extremely important because that helps support who you know. Well, and I think doing. in in today's world, different than you know years past, where everybody was trying to act uber professional. Yeah, um, you can be professional and not suit up. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So when people would realize oh, this, this guy knows what he's talking about, right. even though he's wearing jeans and boots. Yeah. Sometimes, yes, the first appearance can, can, you know, make people have a certain, I guess, uh, guesstimate of yeah. who you're going to be. First impressions. First impressions. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of hard to, to get over. Yeah. But once you start being you and authentically you, you really connect with people better. I think that's a key word. Um, I did a podcast with Whitney Smith, who's our principal broker out in West Nashville for Benchmark, and and she used that word authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a lot of people in this business who do not, they do not know how to be authentic. Yeah. You know? And And I think that comes with experience too. Yeah. Um, You know, you have to be okay with not getting every deal. Right. and, And not... Not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. That's very difficult for someone like me. Yeah. But once you kind of get over that, yeah, you can serve those that do like you a lot better. It's like Mike Cueva says, people want to work with those that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're not going to be the perfect person for everybody. And you have to say no sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think, and you may have run into this. I I know I have. I know you have. I'm sure you you, <laughs> cr- you cried in my office a few times. But when uh, a client um, believes that and you've run comps on their house, a listing client, house is worth seven hundred thousand dollars. That's what the comps are saying. Right. But they think it's worth eight hundred fifty thousand. And so you have a gap there. And yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I've always said, and I've taught in classes, and I've. I've wrote in the book and said it on podcasts. You got to have a house that is marketable. And because your your home becomes a house, which means it becomes a commodity right. and it's competing. Right. But I, you know, you've experienced that, haven't you? I have. And not to name any names here, but, you know, over the years, I've, I've worked with a couple people here, you know, in Music City. Right. Um, that from the outside looking in you'd be like oh that's that's an awesome client to have yeah you know how cool is that i've walked away from multi-million dollar deals just because trust your gut yeah i knew it was not going to work out um expectations were not reality yeah and so sometimes you just have to be able to walk away yeah and you're usually better off for it opposed to wasting a lot of time and energy well i think that goes back to what i said at the beginning is you're treating your real estate practice as a business absolutely you yep. know because yep. it, it comes down to profit i have walked away from um big deals and it, it might come down to the personality of the people 
that we're just not, oh, very much so. we're not jiving, you mm-hmm. know, we're not mixing together well. And I well, knew it's a relationship. It is, it is. And, um, when we have someone who says, or, or comes across thinking they know a lot more about real estate than you do, even though they are, you know, an insurance person or right. a doctor or something right. like that. Um, when you want working with you to be an experience too, right. now that's what I try to pride myself on is, serving your clients but giving them a good experience yeah you know you don't want to be like oh shit we got to go meet i'm sorry can i say shit on your podcast no don't worry we'll (laughs) we'll bleep don't worry (laughs) there goes that checkbox in youtube if i put it on youtube so uh, you're like ah you know i don't want to work we got to go out with nick today i wanted to be like hey nick's picking us up and you know let's go do this yeah well i think part of it is um when you when you find people who um are willing to listen. Those are the perfect clients mm-hmm. because one, you know, as you said, those who really trust you, um, and they they know that you're a professional and that y- you do this for a living, and and they will be more than likely right. to to partner with you. But I think one important thing to do is to provide value constantly, yeah. all the time. Um, things like you know, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, yeah, and it's not just throwing you know random stats out there, right? It's you know, writing articles, yeah. you know, put out something that's either educational or entertaining. Yeah. So you're staying relevant and you're entertaining people in the process. Yeah. That's how they, how you stay top of mind. Right. And consistently do Consistently. That. It's all yeah. about consistency. Yeah. What else? What else have you uh, thought about that, uh, have, that has worked for you over the years, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, a couple outside the box things um, that I'll, I'll tell you about here in a minute, but like the, the bread and butter has been in all reality. If you're not using Canva, yeah. you're missing out. I it's mean, an that, awesome. Oh, it takes so much work off the table. Oh Lord. It's just, it's like having your own in-house graphic it's incri- design. Like I do all my Instagram, yeah. Facebook, all that stuff. I do my YouTube stuff mm-hmm. with that. And yep. uh, it's awesome. Um, I use constant contact just for my e-newsletters mm-hmm. so you can design your newsletter in canva and then put it over in constant yeah. contact and send that out and you can schedule it too mm-hmm. can't you now yeah. one thing that i do again i'm more on you know service and branding and all that i never send clients just again random data right it's always something that you know they maybe didn't know about yeah like i wrote an article about um the canton mansion over there in franklin kind of the story behind it no the carton Carton, Carton, yeah over there in in franklin and uh you know i wrote articles about the the big tower here on moore's land or on uh concord road yeah the wsm yeah just just things that people see every day or they hear about but don't really know much about yeah Um, and people will share that absolutely and that's sort of the way and and if your name's attached to it there Mm -hmm. you go you're you are spreading your brand yep you know and and just being knowledgeable of the area right you know when someone has a question i wonder what i bet nick would know yeah that type yeah let's give him a call yeah so i I like to use creative content Mm -hmm. and and a lot of people are terrified of video yeah you know video is huge now yeah you have to use video to brand yourself and you have to be okay with what it turns out, what yeah. you look like. Right. Don't worry about it. Right. It's content. Yeah. Everybody is putting it out there now. They are. It's so everyone can be a videographer. Yes. You know? And if you're not putting out content or content in the next few years, you will be irrelevant. Right. 
I think video is the biggest thing. Um, um, and I found that, uh, and I'm sort of like, I'm, uh, I do, I, and I'm going to begin doing some videos for the company. Um, but, um, you know, I have a voice made for uh, radio. I don't have a, I don't have a face made for, for video, but, but it's, um, I do agree. I think that's where it's heading. It really is. Yeah. And again, I just like to do things creatively. Hey, yeah. I, I think I've been in the business long enough that you kind of get bored doing the same things. Yeah. And I'm such a personable person. You know, I want more time with these people. Yeah. Um, so I've done, you know, cool things like client appreciation get togethers, right. you know, throwing a crawfish boil and just having your clients come over and hang out. That's awesome. Um, we did a fishing tournament once at yeah. a local catfish farm. Yeah. The kids came out, you know, whoever caught the biggest fish or the most fish and just fellowship. Yeah. And all it is is just relationships. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. And that's supporting what you're trying to do to keep those relationships in forward motion mm-hmm. and always, uh, you know, hopefully those folks are going to be giving you referrals and then it, maybe at some point um, you sell their house or help them buy sure. a house. Well, and for, for newer agents, um, I think it's important to – when, when when you're pursuing somebody as a referral, look at them as a referral source. Right. You know, go to them in a way of, hey, think of me the next time you know of somebody that needs yeah. a real estate agent. It's far less intrusive. Oh, yeah. Than, hey, next time you need a, a realtor, it's me. It's yeah. me. It's me. Yeah. You want to buy a house? Right. It's more, hey, I would greatly appreciate you remembering me the next time you come across someone that could could use the assistance of a realtor yeah i know when i was selling uh full-time many years ago back when houses were made of straw and mud uh, that uh, nick thinks i'm about 90 (laughs) years old but uh, i'm I'm close but i'm not there yet i'm turning 40 this year oh i know oh you know what that means well we'll talk about that we'll talk about that outside uh, the podcast but um no um you know i can remember when uh you know people would stop me at church or stop me you know they saw me out and about downtown franklin and they would say john how's the how's the industry and i and of course i always use my i said it's unbelievable unbelievable it's, it's unbelievable great. whatever side you're on yeah. is unbelievable yeah and i you know and i also had a tool this was years ago that um um i think it's through top producer the market snapshot mm-hmm. and um and i said you know let me send that to you you know if they were not already in my system right right but um there was just times like that and that's the way i help build my sphere and stay in front of people and and, uh, well funny thing is like today with all the technology and all the options and all the you know fancy nice stuff you can do handwritten notes and conversation are still the best yeah i mean post without a doubt postage and note cards should be some of your biggest expense Mm -hmm. you know it's uh, it's time yeah it's taking the time to sit down and do it right now one thing i like to do usually you know keep it going on on a monthly basis i'll do you know 20 30 handwritten notes a month but at the end of the year when things kind of slow down a little bit is when you can kind of sit down and grind it out yeah the slow times are the times you have to put in more branding more work because when things pick up that's when they remember you yeah exactly and and uh and really you've got to always be prospecting and and i've talked about that a Mm -hmm. lot Anything else? Facebook? Do you do uh, social media? I mean, and you talk yeah. about Instagram. Are you using Facebook? Yes. Or are you using- um, I have a Facebook business page. Yeah. 
and put a lot of content on there, um, a lot of video testimonials, yeah. that type thing. Again, people when people are researching you, my, my whole goal is if someone sends me a referral, I want them to be able to know about me and my personality before we meet. So That's I have good. a podcast. I have a um, website that yeah. has a lot of my personal stuff, my family stuff, um, talks about you know, I like to fish, I'm right. a football coach, that type thing. Because yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah. You know, I know when I'm looking for somebody, I want somebody who's yeah. somewhat like me that yeah, I I think I'm going to get along with. I think your only flaw is being an Alabama fan. But it, other than, it can help and it can know, hurt. I yeah. think it hurts more yeah. than anything. And so, uh, but hurt, maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And so, uh, oh me, uh, yeah. But, Facebook, Instagram, using proper hashtags, yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, I think that that's critical. Okay, so I want to ask you two questions, and yes, we'll, we'll finish it up with this. Okay. Uh, one: What is one piece of advice that you would give someone? Uh, and we'll divide this up. So okay. this is going to be two parts of one question. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give a agent just starting in the business? Okay. And then someone who is struggling, they've been in the business for a while, but they're struggling with their business. So let's okay. start with the first one. What about that new licensee? Okay. I think you can get caught up in wasting a whole lot of time and money by you know, trying to jump in and buy leads and mm-hmm. spend money on all these you know, great sources. They are if used properly. But again, I think you have to also figure out what's your niche, what you're good at. And by niche, I mean, you know, how do you relate with people? Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a very personable person, you need to spend your time getting in front of people. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of first agents really waste time on, okay, you know, I can spend money and generate these leads. And then now you got to chase these leads. Right. When in all reality, if you're out creating relationships, those are the ones that are going to continue to feed you. Yeah. It's not one sale. It's relationships create more. Right. And those create more and those create. It's a domino effect. It's a domino effect. Yeah. Um, so I would say the first most important thing when getting in real estate is to establish that database. Right. Right. Because that is gold from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about someone who has been in the business for a while and they've had some success, but now they're struggling? What is some of the things they can do to sort of jump that battery? Sure. To uh, again, I'm always going to go back to to your database. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a million unique, creative things you can do yeah. to just spark that relationship again. Right. Um, go back to your database yeah. and and open yourself up to to new ideas. Yeah. I say, I listen to these podcasts and take notes of them, of things they recommend. Right. And then I'll go back and implement those things. Yeah. Some things work good for me because it clicks with the way I do things. Some not so much. Yeah. Um, so again, you kind of have to find what you're good at and, and chase those. Yeah. But I mean, I'll give the same advice you gave me. I mean, sit your butt down with a yeah. stack of cards. Yeah. And, and don't write, stop till you're done. Write handwritten notes until your hand yeah. is in a claw. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fundamentals. I mean, the fundamentals of what we do do not change. No. Uh, uh, some of the environment in which we're doing it changes. But, but I think the, it's cyclical, too. Yeah. You know, I think people, you know, the, the handwritten note stuff. Yeah. 
to me now, to to people now, it's kind right. of a shock when they get it. Oh like, yeah, oh my God, someone sat down and wrote a letter. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're thinking, oh my gosh, um, I haven't seen that since 1989, mm-hmm. and uh, it's crazy. Okay, here's the second question. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite principal broker in your 16 years of selling? Now, I don't want you to – I want you to think about it for a second, but who was your very – Drew Hendry. Fa- okay. <laughs> um, Drew Hendry is uh, no longer with the company, uh, at least as of this afternoon. So uh, – and uh, but anyway, no. Drew is actually uh, Nick's uh, principal broker at Benchmark, and uh, it's but, you, my friend. Oh, there you go, there you go. You've, that's, uh, you've actually always. That's what makes you good at it, though. Like I think you thoroughly enjoy investing into people and then seeing the return in that. I just like kicking your butt, I, and so. But I you think know. you genuinely. When I came back around after writing all those notes, like yeah. two months later, and I was like, I'm I'm, un- I'm underwater. I, I've got too many people pulling at me now. Yeah. And you're like, well, you didn't have much going on two months ago, That's right. Did you, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Stop your whining and, and you know, keep on doing it. So, uh-huh. uh, but anyway, well, hey, man, I really appreciate you being this here today. Fun. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'll have you call my people out in Hollywood to get okay. on your podcast. And so uh, there's a waiting list. I'm sure there yeah. is. Are you into 2029 now and uh, getting people on again? If we, we make it that far. Yeah. I, it's all seriousness. Uh, uh, he has an awesome pie. He has interviewed some great folks and, uh, uh, it's about the only thing that puts me asleep at night. And well, so, good. no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just kidding. No. To you now. Yeah, I know. We got to have fun with this. But uh, <laughs> no, seriously, he he does have a great podcast. Check it out. And uh, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they? Uh, do you have an email or um, or go to your website? Yep, uh, website nickwoodard.com. That's and great. It has all my socials. Um, updated podcast, all that good stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, we'll have you back. And I'd so love to. Uh, it's fun. You're chock full of information. Uh, I'm chock full of something. Well, I know you are, and we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, but uh, guys, check out the. Uh, if you are not subscribing to the Broker Insights podcast, please do so. It's on all the major platforms. Uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can go to my uh, website, johngiffen.com. Um, like Nick, everything is on my website, uh, my articles from Inman. Uh, the podcast is on there. Also, a lot of resources. I actually have a, a, a website for the book called Do You Have a Minute Book.com that has around 20 different things that you can download for free to help you grow your business. And so, check it out. Until next time, uh, I'm John Giffen. And uh, as I say at the end of every podcast, get out there and sell something. This is the 615 Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review at nickwoodard.com forward slash podcast.